the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we reflect on the year since the loss of Kobe Bryant, LeBron returns to Cleveland, no Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, McGregor gets knocked out, and the University of Tennessee gets their new coach. Then, we recap the NFL coaching carousel, the AFC and NFC championships, and end with Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. I'm the most professional podcaster out there, Mac. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Heather. I have really cool tattoos under this sweater, but I'm cold. Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are we doing this week? I've got the giggles. (laughs) I'm sure the alcohol's helping. It was, this is my first beer and it's Miller Lite. Yeah, no, it was me. It was all me. I'll take credit for for it. It was all me. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Um, I can't complain. Yeah. Same. Big same. (laughs) <laughs> Number one fan got a new truck, got rid of the minivan. Saw so, that. Very yeah. exciting. Yes. And we left the hometown crowd sticker on there. So we haven't mentioned that in a while, but we will put that up here soon again. Uh, yes, we you do can have get hometown crowd shirts and stickers and stuff through our T public mm-hmm. site. So I will post I will post that again. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, he's very excited about that. And yeah, so we're we're great. I tell you what I'm excited about. We have a big announcement for next week. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, So Mac uh, decided he was going to reach out to, I believe her name is Gab Gowdy. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, he, um, I'm sorry, you're wording that wrong. He has made good on his promise to slide into DMs. Oh, I did. I I shot my shot, everybody. (laughs) For guests. So. Uh, And Gab Gowdy, who, why don't, why don't you talk about her a little oh, bit? She Matt? is a Cleveland sports uh, cornerstone. Uh, she's also a professional shitster when it comes to Pittsburgh fans of any stripe. So, therefore, okay. I think it's, it's another, you know, point of affinity for me because, one, you know, Cleveland's home and I like Cleveland sports. And, two, uh, she likes to – fuck with people i'm totally into that like let's yeah especially so, when it's pittsburgh we went on like a 20 oh, yeah. minute rant last week about pittsburgh yeah she sounds like she sounds like my kind of gal so yeah uh, but she's <laughs> I'm like, down she, for it she's you know she does stuff with FanDuel. you know um she was one of the two cleveland fans that jumped into lake erie uh in november which that, if that you ever been to Lake Erie in November, that's not a good idea. It, it's dirty and cold, but they did it anyway because they love the Browns. Um, but she is going to be our guest uh, you next know, the, week. Next week, because right now she's at the Cavaliers game. Yeah. So watching. Oh, well, the Cavs just finished beating the Pistons. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just, uh, you know, Tim and I were talking and I was like, you know what I'm going to ask. And I, you know, I'd slid into like the head coach of coastal Carolina's DMs, you know, the nothing I've, I've, struck I've got, out there. I've got nothing back from a lot of the people I've asked to come on. And I was like, well, we're going to get ignored. And within two minutes, she's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it's worth mentioning. It was like one in the morning. It was, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though? That means she was up at one in the morning. Okay. And he got an instant response. I, so next week we will have Gab Gowdy on the show. Uh, we're excited for that one. Yes, we are. We are very much uh, excited. We'll go over Super Bowl previews, and then I'm going. We're all going to pick her brain and how we can get this shit off the ground uh, and become really super popular like she is. Absolutely. Uh, but let's start our show. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about the NBA, but Tuesday marked the one year anniversary of Kobe and Gianna Bryant's tragic death. The Lakers legend became a first ballot Hall of Fame inductee following the helicopter accident that killed nine. Yeah. I mean, it's 
if, if I can be honest, um, this seems like the longest fucking year ever. <laughs> Uh, so it seemed like it kind of drug out longer than it had to, but I mean, I thought it was really cool. The, you know, the NBA kind of, uh, memorials for him, uh, you know, a lot of guys had customized sneakers, you know, there were some tributes and, and whatnot, like, and that's cool. I like, for me, I have a problematic relationship with Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, just the whole rape thing bothers me. Right. Uh, you know, but he, he did, he has one of those weird career arcs like Mike Tyson or, or uh, Michael Vick, right? They did something horribly, you know, awful. And then they kind of like did a 180, you know, and it became something we didn't really see happening. I don't know. But like, so, I mean, I I wasn't as affected by it as like a lot of like uh, Lakers fans and in the basketball, you know, the NBA players and stuff. Uh, I I appreciate the player Kobe Bryant was. uh, And I, as a dad, you know, I appreciate how close he was and trying to share, share something he was super passionate, you know, about with his daughter. Uh, you know, so I thought that was cool. But, like, I'm always going to have, like, that kind of problematic relationship with Kobe. Like, I could admit that he was top five. One NBA of the best player players. All time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, can I also admit he seemed like kind of a douchebag? Yeah, I can do that. So. Yeah. Um other Laker news this week. You'd think we were a Lakers uh, podcast, but LeBron James returned to Cleveland for the first time since joining the Lakers this week. And the young scrappy Cavs gave the reigning champs all they could handle. The Lakers pulled away late with a 115-108 win in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I mean, dude, I watched that game and was just like... Yeah, we were both watching that one. Yeah, I, I love this Cavs team. Um I, I thought that we were going to go back into the dark ages again, um, never to be seen for another 10 years where we, we you know, we'd become the eight seed and get bounced out. But, you know, uh, uh, Garland and Sexton play so well on the court together. Like they actually play very well. Um, yeah. And then Andre Drummond, who's become this behemoth, like not to say ever discount his play. Like he's a, he's a, a really good basketball player. Um, but, you know, he's like the lone big dude, uh, like that plays that traditional five, you know, on the Cavs. And then, you know, that that trade that sent Harden to Brooklyn and us picking up uh, Toreen Price and Allen, man, I really like those two pickups. Uh, now, if we can just get rid of Kevin Love, um, move his salary off the books and get something back from him, you know, that would uh, be, be nice. I, I would be totally OK with that. Uh, not that I don't appreciate what Love brought to Cleveland. I do. Um but he's still do like 11 bajillion dollars over the next three seasons. And I would like to have that salary cap flexibility for the caps. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else did you see in that game? I mean, LeBron still has it, still has it. Uh, and he definitely turned it on. Yeah. I think he is what? 74, 75 now. And he still has it. It's, it's just, like that. Yeah. Like, well, basketball years he is, but I mean, he's, he's such an outstanding talent. Um, I, I like the Lakers team. I know they're probably going to tinker with it a little more to make sure that they're, they're prepped for that, for the next championship run. Um, but dude, it's a good, it's another good team. Uh, yeah. And again, the Lakers, the, you know, LeBron still has it, man. And as long as he's got it, the Lakers are always going to be a threat. Yeah. Um, over in Major League Baseball, it was announced that there would be no Hall of Fame class this year for the third time in the last 25 years. Uh, as all players as all players on the ballot failed to re- reach the required 75% of votes. Former pitcher Kurt Schilling, who garnered the most votes with 71.1%, asked that he not be included on next year's ballot, which would be his final year of eligibility. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, two players at the center of the steroid controversy, came in second and third with just over 61.5%. They, too, enter their next year's loaded ballot in their last year of eligibility. Well, dude, okay, I'm going to be the asshole here. I don't give a shit how much we, we don't pay attention to it now, but if you've got a stink of steroids, I don't think you should be eligible at all. I don't give a shit. Like, that's just me. Um, Schilling didn't have a stink of steroids. Okay. He was not one of the guys that, that came out. You know, he won a couple World Series, finished with over yep. 3,000 strikeouts, which is, which is like one of the check marks. Uh, yep. Did not hit 300 wins, though. Um, 
And if, you know, I remember correctly, he had quite a few years where he, he was a 500 pitcher, um, you know, um, not, not more often than not, but you know, enough, um, you know, it's like, I mean, look, look at the, look at his peers, Glavin, Maddox, Randy, John, you know, like he was in there with like some of the greatest pitchers ever. Um, and I just, I, I think he's a, an outstanding pitcher. Um, but I, do I think he's a hall of famer? No. Uh, but then again, we have shitheads like the Baseball Writers Association of America who guard this thing. Like, did you, did you guys see the Tom Verducci video where he's like, this is such a great honor and it's such a heavy load to carry to vote oh, for. such a such a burden. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, dude, Verducci, shut up. All right. <laughs> like, <you're, laughs> I, and, but like for me, Kurt Schilling has shown that he's transphobic. He's, you know, racist. <laughs> He's a tra- uh, he's a trash bag of a human being. Yeah, and then look at what he did to Rhode Island when he set up uh, Thirty Eight Studios. You know, the video game company he made got forty or fifty million dollars from the state of Rhode Island, and then he shut the bitch down and walked away with the fucking money. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew D- about that one. Yeah, yeah he's he is a trash bag, a soggy, nasty, moldy trash bag of a human being. Yeah, he, his studio made Kingdom of Amalur, if you played it. But, yeah, I mean... I never even heard about that. It was actually a really good RPG, but, like, yeah. he, he's he's not a good person. Like, he's a shit person. Um, you know, and then he writes that letter saying, you know, take me from, you know, uh, con- you know, le- you know, remove me from consideration for next year. Well, dude, okay. Uh, if you want to be a wet, flapping, you know, trash bag like Heather said you were, okay be that guy. Um, but I think what, what I thought was even douchier was the BBWAA's response. Like, no, he can't just pull himself off. He still meets the criteria. Like, dude, stop being fucking so self-important. If the bitch don't want to be there, don't let him be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't think he gets in next year. If he didn't get in this year with that ballot, uh, I don't think he gets in next year with a rod and David Ortiz. No, well, that's what, but that's what that's kind of what I was thinking, though, because I was kind of like, you know what? We didn't want we weren't going to vote you there anyways. So <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like, I, I don't know, man, like, it, you know, there's going to be a lot of fan, there's a lot of fans out there like, well, the baseball Hall of Fame is what are down. But, um, you know, I was reading an article in the last 15 years, they've only let in 7 percent of like people that were on the ballot, which is the lowest it's ever been. Right. You know, it's like, dude. Like, I wouldn't say it's watered down. I think the metrics have changed quite a bit, like on what you, you know, the magic numbers you have to hit to get in, right? Um, but, like, as for a pitcher, for me, it's 3,000 strikeouts. It's 300 wins, you know. Uh, for for a pitcher like Schilling, who was, you know, he played during that time where starting pitchers, like, excuse me, you know, they pitched longer, you know, deeper in games, right? Uh, you know, a high strikeout to walk rates, um you know, like things like that, you know, uh, you know, low batting average against, you know, like for now, like we'll say 20 years from now for pitchers we have now, I, you know, we're not getting another 300 game winner. You know, we might see 250 if a guy hangs in there long enough, but we're never seeing another 300 game winner because pitchers don't pitch as long, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so the metrics will have to change. But for Schilling, it's like, dude, you don't he didn't check off. You know, he didn't check off all those blocks for the Hall of Fame, man. Um, and, you know, again, I, you know, and if you are a steroid dude, fuck off. You don't deserve to go to the Hall of Fame, man. I just that's how I feel about it. All right. Well, let's run through the, the top 10 vote getters real quick. And you tell me whether you think they have any chance before their time runs out. OK. Uh, Scott Rowland with 52.9 percent in his fourth year. Uh, I don't think he gets in. Omar Vizquel, 49.1% in his fourth year. It's, this hurts me to say, but I don't think he gets in either. I so want Omar, but they don't give credit to, you know, defensive shortstops. You in, have in, to be a hitter. Nope, nope, just unless you're Ozzie Smith. If you're Ozzie Smith, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. Billy Wagner, 46.4% sixth year. I think he eventually gets in. The Hall has been pretty nice to closers in, you know, in the last 20 years or so. Todd Helton in his third year got 44.9%. Uh, I could see Helton maybe getting in. 
Uh, Gary Sheffield, seventh year, 40.6. I don't know why Chef's not in there. Like, he always had, like, he was one of the guys that was rumored, but he wasn't, like, lumped in with, like, the uh, uh, the Rafa, you know, Rafael Palmeros, the Jose Canseco's, the Mark McGuire's, the Sammy Sosa's. Um, he, he just, he was just an all around good player, you know? Yeah. Andrew Jones, 33.9% in his fourth. Why is he on there? Like he never did anything hall of fame worthy. I'm sorry. You know, like he played a long time, you know, uh, yeah. but, but I don't like, come on, dude. No, he is not a hall of fame player. And Jeff Kent got 32.4% in his eighth attempt. Do you know why Jeff Kent doesn't get more looks? Why is that? He, he treated baseball writers like shit. Mm, that's he's, probably he, fair. He, he's one of the. He, uh, he's in the top of all categories, offensive categories for second baseman. Like he didn't field well, but he was an asshole. Like everybody knew. Like he was a, the Giants players, like teammates, said he was a bigger asshole than Barry Bonds. Like how is that possible? How are you that big of a dick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just as a note, Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa finished 11th and 12th. Well, yeah, they they got busted for steroids. So absolutely yeah. no fucking way should they be allowed in. Manny Ramirez is like still flirting with playing. Like, didn't he just go to like Japan or something to play? Uh, Taiwan and uh, Houston Texans just hired their new head coach. Yep. Uh, we will get to that when we okay. get to our coaching carousel soon. Cool. Uh, it just popped up on my phone. Sorry. Yeah. I saw uh, something all, shiny. All right. Moving over to UFC. Conor McGregor returned to the octagon this week and got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. By buddy. Du- uh, Dustin Poirier. Yep. He mm-hmm. got put to sleep. And he's won once at lightweight. Once. And that's when he beat Eddie Alvarez for the belt. Um. And he hasn't won since at that weight class. Um, I think it's time for us to just acknowledge that for a man who has shown little inclination of fighting regularly or maintaining, um, you know, his fighting chops while he's, you know, not in camps, he, he's not an elite dude anymore. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, the you know, Dana White, built a lot of this the, the current success on and that's cool but he's never once successfully defended a belt um you know he's gotten knocked out i think two of his last three fights um you know he's not an elite guy anymore and that's okay dude dana keep trotting him out for guys at 155 to knock out let him make a little money and then put mm-hmm. him in the running for the belt you know um but well, like, didn't he say he was like, oh, you know, I made some coaching mistakes in the, you know, in the training or whatever. Yeah, that was and, his. And, and he also said he'd like to fight seven times in the next like 18 months. Yeah. So like that sounds like a man with a death wish. No, I mean, a lot of a lot of fighters do that. But the thing is with with uh, McGregor, I don't trust him to actually run a camp that long. Like, cause if you're going to fight, like say you fight four times in a year, right? Like that's a nonstop camp for a year. Right. You know, like you're looking at anywhere from five to six weeks per camp, you know? So like, dude, you're, you get very few days off of training. You get very few cheat days. Like it's, it's a pretty rigorous, you know, time frame that you're trying to shoot for four fights in a year or, or you know, uh, uh, 14 months or whatever the case is. Right. Like I don't, he's not that disciplined. You know, I mean, the thing is, father time gets every athlete and he's still young, you know, by a lot of MMA metrics, but he's not disciplined. You know, he's not Randy Couture. If he was as disciplined as Randy Couture, McGregor could fight until he's like 60 fucking years old. He's got that kind of athletic ability, you right. know, but he's not, you know, he wants to show off his one million dollar seven inch thick fucking watch on Instagram and get driven into, you know, uh, the arena in a goddamn Bentley. Like, that's where his priorities are. And that's fine, dude. Like, you got fucking knocked the fuck out by Floyd Mayweather, a man who hadn't knocked anybody out in 10 years, but you made over 100 mil. That's cool, dude. Like, I get it. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah, and fuck you on top of that, all right? Um, but, you know, like, it, don't stop asking for top fights when you're not going to prep for them. Yeah. 
Um, let's look at college football, where the University of Tennessee announced last week that Danny White would be leaving UCF to be their athletic director. And then the volunteers turned around and introduced Josh Heupel, uh, UCF's head coach, as taking over the coaching vacancy for the volunteers. Yeah. Uh, can we say underwhelming? I'm telling you, it's it's they're probably just going to use him to get in front of the scandal train that's rolling. Well, what I thought was hilarious is I was on Twitter and somebody actually made a graphic welcoming Lane Kiffin back. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which I thought was hilarious. And Lane Kiffin like posted, I'm laughing my ass off right now. Uh, you know, like, he's not going back to Knoxville. Um, no. I, mean, I mean, Hoypool, he hasn't done bad at Central Florida, right? But, uh, you know, I think Heather might be right. I think he, they, I think they're just using him as like a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. You know? We'll, we'll, we'll pay you a bunch of money to just take it. Yeah, and because, like, you know there's going to be sanctions that come down. Yeah. You know, like, this is, oh, yeah. this is, you know, the the – the payments were so egregious and so blatant and just so out there that like, there's no way they're beating that shit. And I, I like, I, I mean, you know, the NCAA is going to come out and be like, Hey, we're going to punish you. And, you know, eventually they'll come down with something, you know, UT will go out and say, well, we're going to, we're going to self-impose a bowl ban and, and some scholarship limitations. Please don't be too mean to us in the NCAA and Mark Emmer, you know, the jellyfish that he is will pat, Danny White on the head and be like, you know what, buddy? You know what, little duffer? You've done so well. Yeah, we're, we're going to just slap another year on. But two years, two years behind the curve in the SEC, like, bro, Tennessee, you sucked already, and now you're even further back. Yeah. You know, at, least, at least you're not Vandy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, you so, look like you had something to say. No, I was reading something that that's – breaking news but this is this is not the segment for it so i was it's okay um but More no breaking like, news um yeah but not on the uh, college front um but yeah i um no i do i think that i think that they're going to use him to get in front of it that he's going to be like you know like oh there's going to be zero tolerance for that kind of stuff moving forward and you know it, they will have our full cooperation and blah 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 but there's still going to be a sucky team like it's yeah. not gonna matter like again like y'all were saying it was just it, just to kind of use him as like a as a buffer you know yeah i mean he's 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 a nice dude you know he ran a, a, a pretty clean program at ucf okay um i didn't really think a big name was going to go to ut uh if i was a big name fuck no no not in the middle of a scandal dude not even in that I don't want to rebuild UT. I don't want to deal with UT fans. Harrison, no offense. I love you, but fucking volunteer fans suck. Right? <laughs> you, you guys. Except for him. He's fine. Yeah. Peck, you know, I love you, man. <laughs> um, but like. No, we love you. Peck or Peck. Whoops. Uh, Tennessee is the fucking Nebraska of the SEC. A once proud program that's fallen on hard times. Like they're the old lady from the like the the medical alert thing. I've fallen and I can't get up. Like that's fine. You're gonna be a seven eight win team from here on out. Just get used to it. Yeah, in a good year. Yeah, uh, when you get Vandy and three out of conf- or three out of a non power five opponents. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe Kentucky's having a down here that year too. You know. moving up to the big leagues the coaching carousel as it turns out right now uh it looks like the coaching carousel has come to a stop Uh, right as we were starting to record it was announced that uh houston was going to be hiring ravens assistant head coach and wide receiver coach david cully uh you know what man i've i can honestly say I'm shocked. I, 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 yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I was, that's what I was looking at. Like, cause it's like as of seven minutes ago breaking, like that's how, that's how new it is. So yeah, Yeah. like I don't, that's what I was looking at. I I was like, "Mm, I don't understand because like you still had Eric B out there. Right. So now we got another year where Eric B is going to be overlooked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, here's here's David and, it, and it doesn't make sense to take Baltimore's wide receiver coach. It's not like he's been like 
done fantastic things with the right wide receivers. Like uh, he's made a serviceable squad for Lamar Jackson, but that that offense operates on the run. Okay, I'm going to tell you right here. Here's David Culley's career. All right, he graduated from Vandy, uh, running backs coach at Austin P. Uh, Vanderbilt wide receivers coach, 79 to 81. Middle Tennessee State, 82. QB coach, running back coach, Chattanooga wide receiver coach, Southwestern Louisiana, 85 to 88. Quarterbacks coach, UTEP, 80 89-90. Offensive coordinator, running backs, and wide receivers coach. Damn. Uh, UTEP went cheap that year. Uh, A&M, wide receivers coach. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 94-95, wide receivers coach. Pittsburgh Steelers, 96-98, wide receivers coach. Eagles, 99-2010, to 2010, oh, wide receivers coach. He was there forever. Eagles, 2011-2012, senior offensive assistant and wide receivers coach. Kansas City Chiefs, 2013. Oh, so he's, a, he's an Andy Reid guy. Okay, uh, so now it's starting to make now, a little okay. bit of sense. That makes a little more sense, yeah. Assistant head coach and wide receivers coach. QB coach for the Bills in 2017-2018. And who has looked, oh. really, okay. looked really good of late. Okay, um, it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Yeah, that but, does make a little more sense. But, but the thing, I still just, think enemy is a better option. Well, yeah, I mean – I think he would be, but the the biggest knock against Bieniemy is he hasn't really called plays until this season. That was always That's Andy the- Reid's bag. Yeah, oh, I was, and yeah, and I was going to say uh, they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, Andy Reid called games last year and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but okay. um, no, he was the passing game coordinator for the Ravens as well this year. So I mean, but again, I, I, I'm not going to knock it. Like I, I can't like. Maybe he'd be enemy sent out feelers. It was like not just no, but fuck no, because Deshaun's leaving. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that's fair. Like, what is this team going to be? Yeah, because they have no picks. They traded them all away. Right. Uh, they have no quarterback. Yeah, I don't even know who who is the Texans backup. Like, who would like who's next man up with Watson leaving? Uh, it's friend of the show, Luke Falk. Uh, no, no, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> has, has one of you gone and like left food by the door for him lately? Uh, I, I have forgotten. He may have starved to death. I, I oh, swung, I swung so by sad. and left him takeaway, and uh, you know he tipped me like I was uh, Uber Eats driver, but I took it and just ran off. Oh, but you saw him, oh, or did oh, he oh, like oh. just tape it to the door? No, he slid okay, it under the door. So okay. here <laughs> is the Houston Texans depth chart. Behind Deshaun Watson, you have A.J. McCarron and Josh McCown. That's a winning combo, man. Right. Uh, Ten-win season next year. Bam. Done. Totally. Lock it in. (laughs) No, I mean, who knows, man? Like, I just – the the Texans have asked for a big get for Watson. Like, the one I've read reports where it's anywhere from three to four first-rounders and a player. You know, right. like what team is coughing that up? Um, except the Texans. And I, either, I mean, I don't know what multiple universe that they can send Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans to another universe to get something back. You know, I don't think that's how it goes. The problem, um, you know, but like it's I don't know what team's going to pony up that kind of draft capital. What, uh, for, like for Watson. Yeah. yeah. Four, four first rounders and a player. Oh, oh, I was looking at an article um, about this last night, actually. And and it was like, a it's Sports Illustrated. That's what it was. And their number one pick, or I, I guess I don't know if this is ranked by areas of importance, but they have the Jets. And I, the Jets are rebuilding too, though, and they need that kind of draft capital. Like I could see like a team like, San Francisco, like making San Francisco is, is potentially on that list. Yes. Yeah. Because they, you know, they've got a good team and they were just ravaged by injuries last year. Um, and their quarterback sucked. Bam. Hey, make you make the phone call. What can you get for him? You know, uh, what, what, you know, what can we work on there, John Lynch, to, you know, to get him there? Um, I'm trying uh, to think. Well, who they else? also will not, the Niners are missing a third round pick in 20. 20- for for this draft so i mean they could um miami potentially could see i don't understand that because Tua, you know he was a rookie last year what do you expect like give him a little time to grow into it like maybe um 
maybe uh, uh, Indy because they've drafted uh, very, very well. They've got some depth. They're quarterback away. Um, what does uh, Detroit got? Let's it's see. Detroit. It's rebuilding. You really think Watson wants to go from one rebuilding place to another? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, Sports Illustrated did not put them on the list, but yeah. they did. They did put New Orleans on the list. How New Orleans cannot afford him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> New Orleans can't afford my shoe. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, they they really don't. Uh, is yeah, it says this one is far off the probability matrix, given that the Saints have just three draft picks on tap for twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, it says still, if you're Watson, New Orleans is the close is the closest to home of all the teams on this list, about two hours closer to Watson's Georgia place than Miami, and features the best pre baked conditions for offensive success right away. Yeah, but yeah. there, how many cuts are going to be made this? They're a hundred million over the salary cap. A hundred million, even if Breeze comes off the books, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I think it's the least of like 74 or 75 million, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, that's crazy. Like, nobody has a worse cap situation in the NFL than the New Orleans Saints. There was some article I read where the, uh, and I'm trying to, I don't remember what like the whole thing said, but I remember that the headline was yes, the Saints are $100 million over cap, but no, it's not as bad as it looks. Horseshit. It is that bad. <laughs> Um, some other options they had were uh, Pittsburgh, um, New England, Las yeah, Vegas, yeah. We, we Chicago. Know, we, know, we know the uh, we know Bill Belichick is not going to package picks to no. to send them some other place. The uh, the Washington Football Club and Denver. Yeah, Denver needs a QB. Yeah, big time. Yep. So. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Deshaun Watson a lot more over the next couple of weeks. But let's move on on the coaching carousel and go to Detroit, uh, where the Lions hired Saints tight end coach Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, they hired uh, Dan Campbell, tight end coach. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's weirder than that, Uh, you know, or what's weirder, tight end coach Dan Campbell getting hired. Or New England special teams coach Joe Judge getting hired. Like I just, at, at least Joe Judge was a coordinator, you know. Like I don't, and I think wasn't Campbell like an interim coach for Miami like four years ago as well? I don't have his history in front of me. It's gonna bother me if I don't look. Hold on. But yeah, I, I was I was a little surprised. Um, but like, is he? He's not gonna go into a good situation. Right, because Detroit's like, never been a good situation. Oh yeah, it's in Michigan one and two. You know, <laughs> Stafford's leaving. Um, you know, so like he's he's not going to be happy. No, we're well, talking he, he about the team. Be. We're talking about the team that wasted Megatron Stafford at the same time and Barry Sanders. Detroit's well, he, never been a good situation. He did play in Detroit and set career highs. And receiving yards, average yards per reception, and touchdowns uh, With for the Lions. Twelve so, for the Lions. Uh, no, he had four in that season. These are his season highs. He had three hundred eight yards uh, and four touchdowns. Okay, mm. uh, then he went on injured reserve. He also played for the Saints as well. Um, he was in two thousand ten. He started coaching for the Dolphins, um, and he was promoted from intern to tight ends coach. 2011 and when joe philbin was fired on october 5th 2015 campbell was the interim coach for the remainder of the 2015 season he went five well, and seven okay then. Yeah. Uh, i think we've already talked about uh jacksonville and urban meyer yeah, yeah i think we covered that last week <laughs> uh, i haven't seen anything did he get the 12 million i haven't even looked into his contract i think it I don't know if he's going to get 12. I wouldn't be surprised if he got 10, though. That's crazy to me. Um, the Falcons hired Arthur Smith to replace Dan Quinn. Yeah. Dude, a lot of coordinators that I'm not familiar with got hired this year, or even position coaches. I mean, fuck. Uh, you know, wide receiver. You know, I'm, I'm just going to start applying for these things. I wish they'd put them on Indeed so I could use my preloaded resume. <laughs> but, I mean, 
Yeah, but that preloaded resume would still make you answer all the questions that are just your resume. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, put, my, put my phone number in there again. Uh, this is a, a big news one. Robert Salah is the new man in New York as the Jets made him the first Muslim head coach in history. I thought his name was Saleh. Is it Saleh? I'm, I'm, He's you know notorious how I am with for names. not. Yeah. 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 With, yeah. yeah. I mean, I figured he would have had a head coaching job years ago because he's been the head of arguably one of the best defenses in the NFL out in San Fran. Um, you know, the Jets are going to look really different on defense last year because he can, he injects a lot into uh, his scheme. Um, and, and just players love playing for him. Um, you know, so I mean, it's, and I think it's pretty cool. You know, he's the first practicing Muslim to be a uh, head coach. That's, hey, man. So, so he's over at, so he's at the Jets. No, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he went to the Jets. Jets. Okay. So, so what you're saying is, is are we potentially going to be talking about the Jets? soon like we have been the bills i mean i i think i think we're still a long way away from that okay okay it it depends on what their general manager does i mean Mm. we because we've seen what injecting a good quarterback into the mix does right you can turn it around pretty damn quick two three years you can do that you know um it's just getting that right quarterback and apparently sam darnold's not it um you know, and I swear to God, if I see another fucking football writer sit there and say, you know, Bill Belichick should take a chance on Sam Darnold. I'm going to fucking scream because Sam Darnold sucks. He's not Matthew Sanchez bad. He still sucks. <laughs> uh, Justin Herbert has a new head coach in L.A. as the Chargers hired Brandon Staley. Uh, yeah, again, a bunch That's of... That's a thing that happened. A bunch mm-hmm. of... Uh, coordinators and positions coaches that, you know, I, you know, at least I, I will give, I will give them this, right. They went outside of the normal uh, names. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of retreads, right? Like yeah. there was not, there was not a lot of retreads this year, which is something that's very typical in the NFL. Um, you know, Staley, he's been coaching since 2006. Uh, he went to Dayton and Mercyhurst. Holy shit. Uh, he's an Ohio guy. He's from Perry. Okay. He's, Oh my God, he's 30. You know what? I, guys, I quit. He's 38 years old. He's a fucking head coach in the NFL. I quit. Um, but yeah, he's a uh, coach linebacker, secondary, uh, almost his whole career. He's a defense, you know, like he's a defense guy. He didn't flip flop. Uh, but, you know, he was defensive coordinator for one season with the Rams. And now he's the Chargers head coach. You know, the good thing is he won't have to move. You know, he's in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, good for them, dude. Like, does he just have the, to go the other way on the freeway? Yeah, uh, yeah, just goes well, the other way. Well, the Rams and the Chargers all play; they play at the same stadium. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do. You know, so yeah, he, he just got to go to the so other. He knows, he knows his way around. He doesn't need the tour. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. need the welcome tour. And the the final head coaching hire, the Eagles ended their search by hiring Nick Sirianni, who's thirty nine years old. Oh my God, man! Like, why? What did I do wrong in my life? You know, like, um, we don't have the time for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a, he went to Mount union guys, uh, you know, D three superpower. Um, right. but like, yeah, totally it, knew that. Totally. Yeah. Well, duh. Tim and I, Tim and I did. I uh-huh. no. Um, I mean, he's, he's done a lot, dude. Uh, Kansas city, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Andy Reid. What does an offensive quality control coach do? I have no idea. I've always been curious about that. I think he I, he breaks down game film, like that's essentially mm-hmm. a big part of it. Um, but yeah, does he I make mean, sure that the little stickers are on the on their pads and their helmets? And he, he makes sure that the you know the play cards laminated so that's Andy right. Reid can hold that's it in front of his face. Um, okay, no, okay, I mean, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Here, I can tell you, okay. offensive quality control will chart the upcoming team's defense for various down and distance situations, field positions, and how many times they use particular personnel groupings. So his defensive his job, quality control will do similar analysis the on the yeah. mm-hmm. and then the defensive quality does the same for the offense. Okay. Yeah, I mean and, and you know he's he was a coordinator for the Colts the last two years. They had a pretty good offense. So, you know, again, I'm glad to see new guys get into the mix because I swear to God, if you know, they trotted out one of those old fucks again, you know, like 
you know, if I saw Cam Cameron again, I was going to like tear out what little hair I have on my head. Oh, did you, um, did you mention Burris, Henry Burris for the bears? No, oh, wait, I no, 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 sorry. He's, He's the offensive quality coach for the Bears. Oh. Never mind. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> like, I I didn't know the Bears were looking. No, they're uh, not. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> let's talk about this past week's games. The AFC crowned their champions this weekend in a battle of young quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes emerged victorious over Josh Allen and the Bills, 38-24. The Chiefs head to the Super Bowl, where they hope to become the first repeat champions since the 2004-2005 Patriots. I thought that the Bills were not playing like themselves that game. No, they. they I kind of feel like they were kind of in their heads a little bit. Yeah, from what I saw of that game, I just like Kansas City's not what you would call like a a, a stout defensive team, right? They do enough to stop, kind of act like a speed bump to the opponent, so they can throw. They can get Pat Mahomes and the rest. Yeah, they can get a stop here and there, and. You know, but like Kansas City's defense looked really good against Buffalo. Um, you know, maybe they're catching fire at this time, you know, whatever the case is. But yeah, Buffalo looked completely out of sync. Um, and I felt like a total shithead for picking the Bills. But uh, I mean, I wanted Buffalo to win that game. I, you know, I think it would have been really cool to see him go back to the Super Bowl one. Uh, you know, and two, they just they played so well this season. Buffalo just yeah. played so well this season. Yeah. And Kansas, Kansas City's been kind of erratic. You know, they have a, a good game and then a game they win by three where they should have won by 30. You know, it's just been like mm-hmm. a yo-yo kind of. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kansas City's a good fucking team, man. Like, and they, well, they, they have the model now. Like, that's the new model. If you want to build a good team, build it after Kansas City. You well, know? and the Bills, too, basically just had no answer for the explosiveness that kansas city brought <clears throat> because i mean kelsey was almost unguardable over the middle well, and then kelsey, you had kelsey is unguardable <laughs> well yes but but i mean you know kansas city's defense i mean they were in josh allen's face all night they blitzed all night and then they pretty much had stefan Diggs at an almost like non-existent role in yeah, the, the game the so, biggest issue for the bills is they're they're one-dimensional they throw the ball um, mm-hmm. they need to draft, they need to draft like a, a, a bell cow running back, a guy who can be out there for three downs, you know, a guy who can pick up tough yards because like, I was really high on Daryl Singletary. He's not that dude, right? He, he's not that guy. Um, you know, Zach Moss, you know, he's injured quite a bit. You know, you have TJ Yeldon, who is, you know, one of those Alabama running backs that didn't pan out, which is, you know, the exception and not the rule. So, like, Buffalo's picking 30 this year, man. Can you imagine that offense with Najee Harris? Like, yeah. fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not even fair. <laughs> well, well, let me just go ahead and apologize to Pop. I'm sorry I didn't pick them. I was very conflicted and and and. and but yeah. you had to be subjective. I had to be subjective, but clearly they, we were they knew – uh, yeah, I was wrong. And, Heather, uh, you can they, just blame it on me. You, no, I, I, no, I convinced no, no. you in some way. No, I won't. No, I won't. So, sorry, Pop. It won't happen again. So, All right. On the other side, coming out of the NFC is no big surprise. Number 12, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady will be making his 10th appearance in the big game, hoping to land his seventh ring, which is just ridiculous. Uh, the Buccaneers topped the Packers 31-26, sparking the annual debate on whether or not Aaron Rodgers would be retiring. <laughs> um, first off, I congratulations, number 12. Mm. Your, your, your words and actions hurt me. How's, um, how does that how does that taste, Mac? Coming I love, I love the meme that said Tom Brady really just picked a random team and said, y'all, y'all want to go to the Super Bowl? Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, don't act like Tampa was like hurting for talent. That was that was a, a team on the ascendant. They just were being held back by a quarterback who threw 600 interceptions a year, and that's the quarterback Heather's going into next season with. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. All right, Aaron Rodgers uh, went to like his fourth or fifth NFC Championship game, and how many times has he been to the Super Bowl? Once. 
once. Well, and also let me let me correct you too, Tim, because according to Patrick Mahomes, uh, this is Tom Brady's hundred and fiftieth Super Bowl. So yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need you to get your math right yeah. on that. Yeah, one. I'm sorry. And Patrick is never wrong. So uh, but no, like Tampa, that defense, uh, you know, Shaq Barrett got to him a lot. That defensive yeah. line got to him a lot. Um, and then I don't know what the fuck happened. Like Green Bay is not a world beater on defense. I'm well aware. But that touchdown pass at the end of the half in the first half, like Green Bay's defensive back was just kind of like, eh, nah, all right. <laughs> you know, okay. And got, yeah. And right. he got You're talking the, the bomb, right? Yeah. And he got smoked all game, dude. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. All fucking game long. Let's talk about the end of the game for a second here because okay. i i need to understand what was going through the packers coaches mind here so you've got third down and i think it was like from the 12 something like that uh third and goal from the 12 type situation aaron rodgers looks like he's going to scramble uh has the lane that he's at least oh getting to God. like the three dude uh, no that dude was fucking taking it to the house oh. yeah with all that green grass in front of him i'm, I'm calling worst case he's getting to the three but he pulls up throws an incomplete pass yeah fine i get it he's old he doesn't want to take the hit maybe who knows nah bitch i'll take 20 of those hits to get the super bowl all but, right i'll do but, it I'll do it it is an eight-point game at this point. It is uh, 31 to 23. And the Green Bay head coach decides, I'm going to just take the points. I have no idea what LaFleur was thinking. Why? <laughs> like, like, if this is a six-point game at that point, I understand taking the points, making it a three-point game. Mm-hmm. Of, you get the ball back. You, you need a field goal to tie. I understand yeah. that. But a field goal doesn't change your situation with just over two minutes left in this game. Yeah, no, because you still not need a touchdown. Ball. You're not going to get the ball thing you've back. Taken off the, ball, uh, the only thing you've taken off the board is that a touchdown wins it instead of needing a two-point conversion on the touchdown. That's all that changes. You still have to get the ball in the end zone. And I don't understand what LaFleur was doing. Dude, I, I don't think any of us have a good answer. You know, uh, I mean, it was uh, like, dude, if I'm playing for the Super Bowl, I'm going for the fucking end zone, period. Like, I'm not kicking a field goal. You know, like, it's the end of the fucking game, man. It's do or die. Yes. You have one You have one of the best crunch time quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers. Why are you fucking kicking a field goal? And right? I think and they I, had all three of their timeouts at that moment. You know, and I just, I also don't understand why Aaron Rodgers didn't take off a fucking run, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with you guys. And I also kind of feel like, you know, like for, for this game, I mean, yeah. Okay. I get it. Like you want the points like to kind of lessen that gap to, to shorten that gap, but it's kind of like, why not go out on your shield? Right. I mean, dude, yeah. You play to win. Yeah, like, why not? Oh, man, that shit aggravated me. Because, like, me? Nah, dude, you know me. Like, if I'm up by 60 points, I'm still throwing the ball downfield. Fuck you. I'm going for, you know, to go up 67. You know, I'm balls out the entire game. I could be down 50 points. Guess what I'm still doing? Trying to put points on the board, right? Like, that's just my personality. It It was just a very safe call. For yeah. a time when you didn't need to be safe. Like, no, you take the af- risk. You can't afford to be safe. Like, you had to take the risk, Heather. You know? Like, exactly. Like, yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, go out on your shield. Damn. Yep. Okay. Well, that's enough about that game because I just needed to get that rant out there. Yeah. Because I'm still, three days later, boggled yeah. by this decision. Matt LaFleur is a bitch. Green Bay, hire me. <laughs> you go for that on fourth down when you've got Aaron Rodgers. 
Fuck yeah, man. Um, <laughs> also, also, I think Aaron Rodgers cost them a ton of points by only looking for uh, Devontae Adams for half the game. He had oh, nobody yeah. else on the field in yeah. his mind, and it cost them a lot of points. Well, it, honestly, I think it had a lot to do with some drops. And uh, you know who I don't have a lot of confidence in? Uh, the the wide receiving core behind Adams, man. Like, we, you know, the, our first year of, of po- you know, of this podcast, we – we said Green Bay had the coolest names in the game at wide receiver, but they weren't that good. Yeah. And it hasn't changed much outside of Adams, you know, like Adam Lazard, he's good for, you know, like he, he's not a good number two to a guy like Adams, man, you know? And right. then I, I don't know, dude, like, and then, you know, of course with, with Green Bay losing what starts, like you said, is it the retirement talk? But the thing is, I'm not even seeing the retirement shit. Uh, you know, uh, multiple writers have said, Rodgers wants a new contract. You know, is Green Bay going to fucking dig down deep and give Rodgers 41, 42, 45 million a year? Yeah. For a guy who's 38 years old. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he's going to ask it because who's already got that fuck you money? Like, who got that contract? Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. Tom did. Brady got that contract. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, uh, somebody who doesn't have a contract is Seattle offensive lineman Chad Wheeler. No, he doesn't. Not anymore. I don't want to give this guy too much time because he's a piece of shit, but he was arrested on, uh, we'll say suspicion because innocent until proven guilty. Uh, Uh, Always remember, since we are kind of journalists with our amazing podcast, allegedly. Yeah. Alleged felony domestic uh, violence. So, yeah, he traded his contract for a record. That's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, he choked his wife or his girlfriend out. Uh, this allegedly, dude, allegedly, he allegedly did it. Um, so he's allegedly a piece of shit. But continue. No, I'm just going to go ahead and call him a piece. He of probably shit. is. He I'm, probably I, is. I'm allowed to say there's that. a high probability that he that he yeah, is because he, he is not allegedly out of a job. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not. They haven't cut him yet. No, no, they cut him. It's not alleged. Oh, oh good. Thank you. Jesus <laughs> he is Christ. definitely out of a job. I was going to say, Pete Carroll, bro, you are fucking up bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but good. Fuck him. Like, there is no room for this. There's no, no. room for that. There's no room. I don't know how know. many times we have to keep, like, doing this. It's it's going to, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, if if you think you're so Billy badass that you have to choke someone who probably weighs a third of what you do and is probably a good foot and a half shorter than you, fuck off, dude. Come on and try and choke me the fuck out. I'm probably getting my ass kicked, but you're walking away with one less eye and probably two fewer fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, fuck off, dude. Like, come in, if you want to fuck with someone smaller than you, come on down, dude. I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to win. Unless I have a brick at hand, I might brain you then. But, you know, fuck you, man. Yeah. At least I could offer you some competition. I don't, I don't, I don't understand having that kind of attitude where you think that you have the right to project yourself onto somebody. One, who he's, he's with her. This is a woman that put her confidence in him to treat her well, and he just completely abused that shit. Fuck that yeah. dude. Oh, my God. I might just have to go up to Seattle and fucking – allegedly take a hatchet to his Achilles tendons. Uh, well, well, it was in Kent, so you don't even have to go all the way up to Seattle. So well, there's Kent. that. I've, I've realized I can go stay with Heather and it'll take me 69 minutes to get 25 <laughs> miles on the road. So Yeah, yep, that's exactly it. Yeah. All right, our final bit of discussion, since we don't have quick picks of the week this week, uh, we will preview the uh, the Super Bowl next week with Gab. Uh, however, Mel Kuyper released his first mock draft of the season. No surprise at the top as he has Urban Meyer getting his quarterback with Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, Heisman just- winner Devontae Smith is predicted at number two to the Jets. LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase goes number three to Miami. The Falcons take BYU quarterback Zach Wilson at four. And the Bengals draft some protection for Burrow, taking Oregon OT Sewell. I'm not going to try to pronounce his First name. Oh my god! Five. Are you fucking kidding me? What? Panay Sewell. Okay, Panay Sewell. Just use uh, basic grammatic rules, Tim. You can pronounce these names at that point. 
Overall, Piper <laughs> predicts four quarterbacks in the top 10 and five quarterbacks overall, all in the top 15. Yeah. Can I just go ahead and say uh, I want to give the old in living color uh, Damon Waynes and David Allen Greer skit, you know, hated it. Hated hate it. This. Yeah, I hate I hate this Literally fucking thing. Favorite. Yeah. Do you know what I was surprised where he put somebody? Was yeah, fields fields to Detroit that low? Well, and Mac Jones at fifteen. Yeah, dude. Like I was a little like to really? New England. Yeah, yeah to New dude. England. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, mm. I don't see New England taking a first round quarterback because no. that's not what Bill does, uh-uh. right? And Nick Casario, who kind of balanced Bill out pick wise, not always to the better you know betterment of the team. Because he's the guy that wanted Nikhil Harry, and Bill said, fuck it, okay, and that guy's been a bust. All right, Casario's in Houston now, running that organization. So this is going to be all Bill all day on draft day, right? And if you think that Bill Belichick, Bill fucking Belichick, it doesn't doesn't matter if you're a Pats fan or not. I think we all know Bill Belichick enough. He is not taking a quarterback in the first round. Um, And honestly, Mac Jones – ridiculously talented. I think he showed that. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that came because of the, the talent around him, but new England is a completely rebuilding team. Like seven and nine is not a good record people. And the only reason we finished seven and nine is because we played, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty fucking weak roster or a uh, schedule. You know, there, new England has no reason picking 15, you well, know, would you, would you like to hear what his argument is? Of course. Let me let me hear Mel. <laughs> it says, uh, I'm thinking quarterback for the Patriots. Uh, he said, I don't think they don't pick this high often. Why not go and get your guy and build around him? Now that changes if Bill Belichick and company can make a deal to get a veteran quarterback on the trade market or if Garoppolo gets cut by the 49ers. But with Cam Newton likely not returning, unlikely to return to New England, Jones could become a signal caller to groom for offensive coordinator uh, Josh McDaniels. Jones can make every throw at every level of the field, and he's extremely accurate. Plus, we know that Belichick has drafted plenty of Alabama stars and trusts Nick Saban. Jones will be at the Senior Bowl this week, and I am expecting him to impress. And yes, if you're keeping count, this makes five quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. Yeah, I mean, and I get that, um, but he's gonna—he played with more talented wideouts at Alabama than he's going to in New England. Yeah, like, and that, that's the honest truth. Uh, Nikhil Harry is a bust. Our best wide receiver is, a, you know, is Jacoby Myers, and he's an undrafted uh, free agent from North Carolina State who played quarterback in college, right? Like, it, it just—it's not going to be easy for him. He's not going to be able to just sling the ball around the way he did at Alabama, playing with guys like. Um, uh, you know, Waddle and uh, Devonta Smith, right? Like, it, it, it's not going to be that easy for him. Um, and on top of that, Najee, Najee Harris is not in the backfield either. You know, New England <laughs> likes to play that running back by approach. Um, and I'm hoping Damian Harris, another Alabama running back, uh, can really kind of pick up and, and, and be the star there. But I don't know, man. Uh, but I was I was surprised. Like, why why is Zach Wilson being taken ahead of Justin Fields? And he said that he he had a reason for that too. It was a slight edge, is what he said. But I'm also curious to know what um, Dimothy thinks about Aaron Robinson from UCF going to the Browns potentially. Well, as a DB. Uh, it's no secret that the Browns need help on defense. Absolutely, especially uh, in the defensive backfield. Yep. Yeah, so I will take that pick all day. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's not a bad one. Um, you know, like I've written that the Browns would be best, uh, taking, ju- you know, tr- signing Justin Simmons away from the Broncos, uh, to play safety. Um, and then you draft a guy like Robinson and there's a couple good, uh, uh, FCS corners, um, that are playing in the senior bowl this week, you mm-hmm. know? So like, look at, you can, you can draft them and develop for depth, you know, like, it just uh, there's a, a dude from North Carolina Central. I can't remember his name for the life of me right now, 
but you know, he, he's, he's, he's six, three, like he's a big, long guy uh, that broke up 19 passes over the last two years. Like that, that's something the Browns need. Right. And it's going to take some, it's, it's going to take some work because he did play at central, but you know, you can't teach length and, and instincts like that. You know, I mean, granted, he's going to need to, he's going to have to eat a couple sandwiches. He only weighs like 165, 170 pounds, but you know, let's, let's get this kid on a, you know, the diet, you know, dietary program for the pros. He's going to be good, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I, there, there's like Jacksonville, uh, from their set for their second pick at defensive tackle from Bama. Okay. Checks out. Right. Are you talking uh, about Brian Mills? Is that the guy from North Carolina central defensive back? Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, there's going to be a run on defensive ends and edge rushers this year. There's a ton of them. Um, and you know, people are figuring out you have to constantly keep pressure on the quarterback to be successful in this league now. So, um, I I'm interested to see where some of these offensive tackles go. Uh, there's a lot of them. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw what the Panthers pick, uh, uh Trey Lance yeah. yeah. From North Dakota state. He played in one game last season and I'm just like, ah, dude, like, what? like, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't there's, think there's take, a few on here that I'm like, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. I don't think you take a project quarterback with a top 10 pick, you know, like, and that's what he would be. This isn't Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz played at North Dakota state as well. Um, but he won national championships at North Dakota state. I get the allure of picking him, right? This dude hasn't won shit and played in one game last year. Like this is a, this is a project. You still have Bridgewater. You got McCaffrey. You've got DJ Moore. Carolina's got a, some good bones there. So no, pick pick the you know some, another hole you need to plug in the top ten, right? And if he's still there, like in the second round, fuck it, go for it. You know, shoot your shot, man. But like at eight, fuck no, dude, no. Um, but like he's got 17 starts. That's one more than Mitchell Trubisky. And we saw how that worked out. And he played at Carolina. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that one. Uh they he did say that um if they don't take a quarterback, they're looking at probably Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Which would be great. Because he's awesome. Kyle Pitts is fucking awesome. And can you imagine Bridgewater with DJ Moore as like your deep big receiver? Uh, uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, playing slot or wide receiver three, you got McCaffrey, uh, you know, and then you've got Pitts there at tight end. Uh, dude, that, that's, you can't beat that with a stick, man. Bridgewater is accurate as hell. You know, it just, it makes no sense for me, for them to draft Trey Lance. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously these, these scouts have watched a lot more game film. You know, I would be stupid if I if I, I said, yeah, I know better. Than, you know, I've watched more game film than an NFL scout because I'm Mike McGinnis and I'm an asshole who thinks so highly of himself. I know better than these guys. But, <laughs> you know, like the fact of the matter is, dude, one game, though, one game, 17 starts overall. Like, no, dude, we, we saw what that what happens with that. Right. And you're playing at the FCS level. And there's good teams there, but. Trubisky played at Carolina, played at the, you know, the FBS level. Like, and he, and he's a bust. Like nobody is fixing, fixing Mitchell Trubisky right now. Right. Like right. nobody's fixing him. You know what you get with Mitchell. Like actually Mitchell needs to maybe call Luke up and see if there's room, like maybe an extra bedroom or, or whatever the case is. So he's got a roommate in case, you know, the event that he does get his ass cut. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on that first mock draft from Kuiper? Again, I hate it. Um, I, I think yeah. it's going to change. I think it'll change quite a bit uh, once they go. Cause you know, we're not having a combine this year. Um, you know, they're doing like individual, you know, they're doing the pro like leading more of the pro days. Um, and they're doing like a regional thing. I think if I remember, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, right. um, because you know, stay safe people, COVID is still a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it but is? like, sorry. Yeah, what? <laughs> but you know, like I think we'll we'll find out more once we get through some of these measurables. Uh, you know, those are, and those are always misleading. You know, like the you can't just measure a guy and have him sprint and have him lift weights and, and know how good he's going to be. Um, 
but like I think once these guys get through the senior bowl, you know, they, they get through some of these yeah. programs, you know, I think we'll, we'll know a little more. Yeah, I feel for me, I think, especially hashing it out with you assholes, I kind of feel like this is a little more of him just like kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and yeah. seeing mean, where it lands. Kuiper always does some shit on like mock draft 1.0. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I don't like seeing is when he's like on draft like 9.0. Like at that point, I'm just like, bro, I'm checked out, Mel. Like, yeah, like uh, I'm over like, it. Like, how many rough <laughs> drafts do you need on yeah, this? Yeah, dude. I'm I'm a I'm a professional writer, and I only go through like two or three drafts, Mel. Not <laughs> nine. Not nine. Get your shit together. Yeah, Mel. If you, you get paid eating, for it. Yeah, a lot more than us. Stop eating stuff in your face with fucking crab cakes over there in Baltimore and do a real fucking mock draft, dick. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can also subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. Next week, we will be here with Gab Gowdy. Uh, for Heather real and Tim, one. Tim, thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Good night, everybody. Wear your masks. Be safe. Turn off your TVs and read a fucking book, please. For the love of God, read a book. Or do an audiobook. Those are fine, too. I'm okay with that, yeah. I'm with Reading books makes me sleepy, so. <laughs> Have a good week. Bye.